Hey, I'm Bryce. I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Jonathan, and you're listening to Electric City Buzz, the podcast about all things Anderson. This podcast is sponsored by Still Family Law, LLC. Are you going through a difficult time in your family life? Do you need legal advice and representation from a trusted family law firm? Look no further than Still Family Law in Anderson, South Carolina. Led by attorney Greg Still, their experienced legal team is dedicated to helping individuals and families navigate the complex and emotionally charged terrain of family law. Whether you're dealing with divorce, child custody, child support, or any other family law matter, they are here to provide compassionate and effective guidance. Still Family Law understands that every family is unique and that each case requires personalized attention. That's why they take the time to listen to your concerns and goals and work with you to develop a strategy that best fits your needs. Don't face your family law issues alone. Call Still Family Law today at 864-734-4650 to schedule a consultation and take the first step towards a brighter future. Now presenting Tammy Woodbury of The Clever People. Well, we'll go and get it started. We are excited today, even though we were missing one. Uh, we substituted in one of the best. Will Malone. Will Malone. Oh, I thought you were talking about yourself. I was like, <laughs> you're like, I'm in charge now. Oh, no. We have, um, we have the man behind the, uh, the magic with us today on the mic, which is great. So, And then we also have a wonderful guest with us today, Miss Tammy Woodbury with The Clever People. Glad you said the clever people. People still call me and say, are these the cleaver people? I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want us to be, sure. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we're super excited. Um, you know, we, we've kind of dove into Anderson last season and, of course, this season now. But we like to, to really target how Anderson's growing and uh, real estate is a huge part of that. Yeah. So, but yeah, what, um, give us some details. Not everybody knows about Miss Tammy. So fill us in on your, your backstory and, yeah. and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. So for the first time ever, I felt old the other day, which, you know, everyone gets older and they're like, Oh, I feel old, but not really. And then there's a thing that happens. And someone said something about real estate and like, everyone's always used Zillow. And I was like, no, when I got started in real estate, there was dial up internet. And so people really did not use the internet. And then I was like, Whoa, they looked at me and they said, what is dial up internet? Oh, and I saw their eyes. And I was like, Oh, oh. that hurts my feelings. <laughs> um, but I'm an artifact now. So when I got into real estate, it was totally by accident. And I wonder, cause I never spoke to anyone at that time about this today. If you ask agents like a brand new agent, you're like, so why are you getting into real estate? Sometimes they're like, cause we love people. But most of the time they're like, we just love houses and design. And that's because of Joanna Gaines and HGTV mm-hmm. and Zillow. And so they think that selling real estate is going into beautiful houses all the time and helping people just design them. That's what they think it's about, which is totally fine. They get in and they still stay in, but they're like, whoa, this is different. But I wonder what people thought like when I got in, because I got in totally accidentally. In fact, I was an education major. Praise God, I got into real estate. I'm the worst teacher. (laughs) Ask all of our kids. It was very bad. Not a good teacher. I thought I was. I am not. So everyone's children are saved from me being in real estate. Uh, But it was actually in the summer, and uh, there was a brokerage in town. They had an office manager, and uh, I don't know if it's every year or whatever, but that summer she was going to Mexico for a whole month. And so they're like, we don't need to replace her full time, but can you come be in the office? Now, during that time, that's like early 2000s, 
people would, a lot of people were part-time, like tons of people, but that's also still the time period where shocker buyers and sellers would walk into the office all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was ill-prepared. I don't know what I thought I was going to do. I just thought I would answer the phone, but these people would come in all day, every day. And they're like, Hey, I want to talk to so-and-so about my contract. I'm like, uh, they're not here. I think I have a number somewhere. So they start asking me questions. And so my backstory is I'm a military brat. Um, technically, I'm half Japanese. I was born in Japan on U.S. soil. Uh, people think that's why I talk fast. I don't know what this is. has nothing to do with that. But that being said, my dad's always had this rule of like, there's no such thing as I don't know. Figure it out. And there was nobody else at the office. I remember it was like day three. And I'm like, I wonder if anyone's coming in. Like, is there like a leader or a boss here? Like, should tell me what to do? Like, is this allowed? Like, I don't know what I should be doing. And so they started coming in and people would be asking me these questions. And I thought, I could probably read. I'm pretty intelligent. Figure this out. So I would say things like, I don't know. Talk to your agent. But this is what I think. And this is what I've observed and blah, blah, blah. So there was somebody in a back office. And like, it's probably my second week there. And she pops around and she's like, have you ever thought about being in real estate? And I'm like, you know why and she's like because you seem to be good at it I'm like I'm not I'm telling them go ask somebody else I don't know what I'm doing here but I feel like I need to be nice and like act like I know and she's like no like you like to help people and all I remembered is my parents buying homes and I remember somebody driving a beamer and feeling like you drove a beamer and I don't know what you do but in my brain it wasn't a real job yeah. And so I start talking to her. Next thing we know, I end up getting my real estate license. Really, it was going to be elective credits. That was just like it didn't hurt me to do it. Um, and then I started selling. And it's funny because it wasn't like I had this immediate success. In fact, um, I was very young. To be honest, I had no business selling real estate. I had never owned any real estate. And I quickly learned that the most successful people knew people, right? Like that's right. what helps you in this industry. Mm -hmm. And this is before we had tons of real estate coaches telling you how to prospect and all these things. So I'm striking out left and right, but I am by nature a fighter. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, one day, even though I could have said, Hey, this was not my original career path, go do something else, kid. I decided I'm just not going to fail. And it was just about not failing. Cause I thought I do like helping people and I like what I'm learning. So is it possible for me to do this? I knew I couldn't change my network of people fast enough. I was not going to change my age. I was very young. Uh, I did have to change my fashion, so I looked older than I was. None of my friends were wearing the skirts I was wearing. It was fine. I was on mission. Uh, but I was going to change my brand and who I was. And I'm so glad for this moment I just thought about this on this podcast because there was a magazine who interviewed me and asked this. And when they wrote it in print, I sound like such... A mean person and I was like that's not the tone I used when I said that but the statement is the only thing I knew I could control was my work ethic like no one you know you could know more people than me you could have more resources than me you could have more experience than me but I could say that you couldn't outwork me and so whatever it would take to learn if I had to do things 10 times over or work harder at it or take everybody's sloppy 12s that's fine I'm gonna do it uh, so that was really how I got started my career it wasn't super fast um, I meet people all the time and like oh my gosh you're so good and you've been doing this for a while and I'm like oh my gosh do you remember me in my early years no you don't because I was invisible nobody knew who I was I'm grinding in the dark yeah. I'm handwriting cars working 12 and 14 hour days um, and I had to create my own network and so that's what got me to like where I fast forwarded met my husband 
also funny. People are like, oh, did you guys like meet in real estate because you like loved each other and it was awesome? I was like, no. First of all, I thought he had the personality of a brick, which I said <laughs> out loud. Oh. Uh, two, he was technically my competition. Literally, we talked one day because all independent agents at that time, um, it was before like real social media. Like you had to be in college to have a Facebook account back in that day. Mm-hmm. And so we would spend thousands of dollars every month on magazines and newspaper. And it was like, hey, you, you're independent. Like, let's share costs on a page. So there'd be like four or five agents and that's how we met each other. Um, And then he tells the story of one time he just knew I was a hard worker. He gets this cold call somebody who wants to buy this like $600,000 home. And he said he remembers sitting there thinking I could try to sell this home and bomb and get nothing. Or I'll go ask Tammy if she wants to go 50 50 with me and maybe I'll get some paycheck out of it. So he came and asked me and I was like, duh, yeah, let's do this. Um, so we put that in our contract. It sold. We started working together a little bit more. Um, and then eventually we get married, blah, blah, blah. That's our story. But everyone's like, Oh, you met real estate. You love each other. I'm like, no, I thought he was real annoying. I didn't think he had a lot of personality. And he also said he was not attracted to me, which I'm like, that is so rude like what do you mean you were not attracted to me I looked good back then I'm like that's so rude but anyway he now says I'm beautiful it's fine Uh, but yeah so that's our story then we formed our team Um, we failed forward for a long time Uh, it's very unique to lead a bunch of CEOs totally different position different from anything else in our culture and so we want people who are leaders who are strong who are talented but then to get uh, an environment created where that's a good culture for them and they still want to also respond to another leader we had to crash and burn a few times before we could best understand how to do that but we are very very blessed and have an amazing team now yeah so did did you grow up in anderson are you from anderson or Mm, mostly I've been here okay. a long time but my dad like he was in the military I think until I was eight or nine so we moved a bunch until then um but then I've been here for a long time so okay. I'm a native-ish yeah yeah, yeah. okay so um the the clever people mm-hmm. I know you guys have a huge group together really really tight family set up yeah. um where did the name come from Oh, thank you for asking this question. Um, There's nothing wrong if anyone has it, but we didn't want to be Scott and Tammy Woodbury because that's our name. And we wanted to attract other people who had their own unique um, style and personality because here's what we wanted. We wanted a brand standard where a client could have a phenomenal experience, but maybe you didn't like Tammy's personality or maybe you didn't like Scott's, but maybe you prefer Maya. And so you could choose a person that you felt the most comfortable with, but still trust to have the same experience. Um, So one, we didn't want to be our name, but two, we always wanted to innovate. I remember hearing John Maxwell um, at a conference one time, and he said over and over again, like, I thought he was just being inquisitive, and I knew there was a point, but every time this guy said something, he would say, why, but why, but why? Uh, And at some point, he's like, you probably think I'm like a small child asking you why. What I'm really wondering is, are you doing this because you've always done it, or are you doing it because it's best for the consumer? And so we decided then, or I decided, my husband was like, yeah, sure, I'll go along with this we wanted to make sure that we never um, settled into what the industry had just always been but that we were innovating that we were being clever that we were thinking about the consumer in that current time and what they would need and being uh, thoughtful about adjusting and changing then there's also this other weird reason that I have to confess Um, that's like the advent of the real estate website and everybody had their name Um, and this is actually bad marketing don't do this but it still worked for us I was like if I do like TammyWoodbury.com 
real estate girl, they're going to know. But if I say the clever people, they'll go there by accident and bam, got them with my awesome website. So that was like, you know, yeah. motive in the back. I don't think that ever really took off or tricked anybody, but <laughs> it just was like another reason why. So yeah, that's where we got the clever people. So I'm Tammy with the clever people. And it's cool when I meet people and they're like, oh, you're Tammy, you're with the clever people, right? Have you been with them for a long time? And I love that they don't know that it was our team. I love that they just associate me with the brand. Yeah, that's that's funny because um, you know we've we've talked a good bit, and I just it slips on my mind every time. But I've never asked you where it came from. Yeah. But but it's cool because you, you're right. The, you always see these couple teams. Mm-hmm. It's and it's their name um, versus an actual team structured yeah. to uh, to house everybody well, and, and have a good name. It's like photographers too always do you know first name last name photography. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then yeah when and it's hard to like have a brand name that isn't your own Mm -hmm. but then if you can just stick with it and just build it up it kind of doesn't matter what the name is it becomes its own thing and you guys like ever since I moved here five years ago and I feel like I've seen the clever people all over the place so like you have like market penetration you're just like floating out there you're just like and and everybody kind of like knows it exists and it yeah it's like it's like names like google you know, yeah, Google, it, what kind of name is that? But now <laughs> it has impact over time. So it's yeah. kind of like if you have a name that's not your own, you can, mm-hmm. you have the freedom to Thank do it. And I, that's me having Wilmalone.com and so I don't follow this, but I admire it because I wish that I had done that. Yeah, yeah it's very <laughs> unique. And the owl as well. Just the, yeah, yeah. the logo is really yeah. good. Yeah. Owl, Cause you can, even if you can't, you don't, can't read the name while you're passing. Mm-hmm. I passed two signs, but you can see the owl and it's very yeah. distinctive as well. I, I think mm-hmm. it's smart. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you. If someone, you know, you, you've seen, um, from your history, it sounds like you've seen the up, ups and downs of the market and different pieces over your time. What have you seen that makes someone a good realtor in your mind? And what's, and kind of what are things that you try to teach you, the people that you have coming on as agents for you? Oh, it's a great question. Um, and I, I regret that the statement is going to sound so vanilla, but I'm going to develop this a little bit more. Be a really good listener mm-hmm. because people don't know what they don't know. But even when I'm talking to a buyer and they're telling me about their financials and ha ha ha, he's not handy and ha ha ha, she works 12 hours mm-hmm. and none of our families from around here. And by the way, she's expecting what I know is I don't want you moving into a home that needs a new roof and a new HVAC. Maybe you can pick up a paintbrush, but probably not because I've heard what the financials look like and no baby's coming. So I want to start to help you develop that instead of just saying, I'm going to put you on a search and you're going to tell me all the homes you want to see because they're going to take me to a hundred year old bungalow Mm because that's cute. But I also want to help them understand what home ownership is really intended for. Yes, safety, security, have a home. But at what place are you in your life right now? Is this a let's build wealth? It's your first home and we're going to plan on selling this in two or three years. And I also want it to be something that's going to have a good return. So when you call me and you're like, all right, Tammy, now can we buy the home we really wanted? You're going to be able to cash out with good equity. And so it's just hearing people talk because a consumer doesn't know what they don't know. So they don't know what's going to happen in real estate in the future. Uh, it's like when the buyer shows up and they have 20% to put down, which is so rare. And it's like, but why would you? Because did you know if you put 5% down, your payments really don't change that much? 
college. So why would you just go and spend all that money? Uh, but they've always heard these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's being able to guide people or sellers when they're thinking of selling. Um, I met with a lady this morning and as I am talking to her, I realize she's widowed. I realize she doesn't have any other income. And she's saying, you know, I'll hold on to this home maybe if I don't get the right price. But I'm looking and everything in her home is 20 years old. It's about the time it starts to be needing to be repaired. And I know that she doesn't have other income or assets. So for her, now I'm going to coach her through, well, maybe we're not looking at selling for the same reasons, but maybe this market's really good because you can cash out and be protected. And maybe let's look at something different for what we're buying. So you're in the best spot. So I don't, I think people think I have to know all this stuff about the law. You should, that's good. I need to know all these things about homes. No, you need to know all the things about people. So you can figure out, even if they won't be able to tell you, what is your financial situation? What are your goals? Who is your support system? How are you going to be buying this home? Also, is your cousin helping you? Is your dad in your ear? Like, let's bring them along for the ride so they're not creating stress because they're giving you different counsel. So just listening to people and understanding how that fits into a piece long term for them. Yeah. And I think that's huge. Um, I've seen a ton of agents come and go the past couple of years with the market kind of exploding and then slowing back down. But um, but a lot of them had complaints that they didn't have a, a team set up or a lot of support. So I feel like that that is huge that you guys build the team the way you do. And and they can come in fresh and actually have a structure to run with. So yeah. it gives them a lot of security yeah. coming in for sure. Um, so Anderson, Anderson has grown a ton um, just from one, my time being here uh, recently. And then in the past, um, when I came to Anderson in high school and then didn't come back until a few years ago, um, but it, it has changed so much. And of course, there's a, a commercial side of it that's growing. Uh, we have a ton of implants that are coming in. Uh, but with with the residential side, how how are you seeing that grow with this? Are, are we able to keep up? Um, is there more new construction than just renovations? Like, what are what are you seeing kind of firsthand? Yeah, so we are not keeping up. Um, we actually did not have enough inventory in 2019. And it's funny, I think back to 2019, they were like, guys, this is going to be your last just amazing year. 2020 is going to plateau out. Uh, and then 2020 happened, obviously, with the pandemic. And what we saw, it's interesting, you said implants. That's the first time I think I've heard someone call it an implant. <laughs> I'm like, thinking of like my dental <laughs> record now. Uh, but as they were implanted here, but previously, especially in Anderson, our wealth, so to speak, came from Greenville, but then also people weren't really moving here from Greenville. Maybe you moved to the lake, but you didn't necessarily move to Anderson. So pretty much it was just people moving within Anderson. Mm -hmm. So when 2020 happened, we all of a sudden found ourselves in a position where we suddenly had feeder states, which South Carolina and the upstate has not had. So we had so many people coming here from New York, from Jersey, from North Carolina, and Mm -hmm. people ask why. And it's, I'm blessed that we don't know this pressure and we never experienced this. Obviously, a lot of our jobs and our livelihood during, you know, especially March of 2020, April, a lot of things were threatened. But we didn't live in a state where all of a sudden people said, we're going to shut down the business that you own and you have no control or you don't get to work anymore or you're going to choose a different job. You don't get to do what you love anymore or we're going to let you open up, but we're going to offer this incentive and these people don't want to work anymore and we're telling them they don't have to. We don't know what it was like to be controlled in that way. Uh, So we found a lot of people just honestly because of the way Governor McMaster handled things, they said, we want to be in your state. And Mm -hmm. so they started coming here. Well, what's interesting is those are very wealthy states. So now they're bringing their cash here. And so when people kept saying they were losing to cash buyers for the last couple of years, it's because all these cash buyers are coming from these feeder states. They don't need appraisals and the values are going up and up and up. So what we found is now real estate's moving at an even faster pace than it ever has before. We didn't have enough homes. And really through last year, 
new construction wanted to take off. But mm. one, it was expensive. Two, we had a really hard time, just honestly, people being well, you know, on new construction sites, we'd quote six months, it would be 12 or 13. And not because people weren't trying, but we would have vendors getting sick, we would have contractors who couldn't work, everything was delayed, materials would go missing, it'd be weird things like you, everything was fine on a site, and then like, you don't get garage doors for 12 weeks, everything was fine on a site, and then like weird, we can't get the white windows for 16 weeks. Hey, everybody want a white cabinet? Sorry, we've gone all the way up and down the eastern seaboard, they don't exist. I remember having a client saying, I'll pay anything for a hot water heater and the guy said you don't have enough money because it doesn't exist like we can't get one right now no one has one you yeah. can't ship it from china it doesn't exist so we didn't have the ability to build at that rate but now that we actually have control again of supply chains and now that we have these contractors back in work we're seeing that new construction is really taking off especially with an anderson you can see all these new communities mm -hmm. which is great because we've needed that for a really really long time just not having enough homes in our area to begin with yeah and, and I feel like a lot of these investors that are coming in are trying to renovate a lot of these, these existing houses, and that's great, yeah. um, especially stuff that's around downtown. But um, I, I don't think that they're at the same pace as new construction. And there's just yeah. there's so many people flooding in Anderson, yeah, and which I is great, but... Yeah. yeah, and I didn't speak to that. Yeah, you're, to your point, I think the other thing too is most of the contractors now, they're honestly getting great bids from builders, mm -hmm. and so they're working on their site, so they don't have as much time for these renovation projects. So that's the other big thing. I think, you know, I just talked to a client last night, and that's their struggle. They're, they're saying, I think we'll just sell maybe and go buy a new home because the projection, one, for cost, because even they're saying, okay, but if I renovate this home, I'm putting a premium on it because I'm coming off this other opportunity to do this renovation project. So at some point, you're like, does it make sense to put this much money in here or I could just go buy it new? Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm displaced for a while. Maybe I wait a little bit longer, but it just makes more sense financially since that contractor group is not really available to do that right now. Yeah. When you have people coming in or talking about Anderson, it doesn't, I mean, for you, it doesn't just stop with selling the house, closing the house, right? You, do you, what? Tell me a little more about how you plug people into this community and, and kind of things that you suggest people do or, or, or places to go. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So when people actually come to me the first time, it's not by an Anderson. I say, tell me a little bit about where you're coming from and what it is that you like. Um, you know, is hiking important to you? Uh, you know, going to parks, is that important to you? What type of grocery store do you like to shop at? Do you play a lot of sports? Do you, you know, what type of unique things that you do? Because even just in the upstate, whether it's Greenville, Taylor's, Greer, Anderson, Lake Hartwell, Kiwi, Broadway, everyone has kind of a different way they live within these communities. And also what's interesting, when people first started moving here, I remember they would like be working at Arthrex and they're looking at homes in Kiwi. I'm like, so you just like have a passion for driving 50 minutes to work? Like, you know, just trying to understand, but they're coming from cities where their whole careers, 20 and 30 years, they've never not known, double negative here, driving an hour one way to work all the time. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, it doesn't, but what if your life could be better because you didn't have to do that? Like you, your brain has never even been there before, but what if you could go to your kids' games? What if you could come 
come home for dinner at this hour. And it was just, it was, it was amazing to see that they just had never allowed themselves to think like that mm-hmm. because it had never been a possibility. So when it comes to Anderson, and I, I love when people are like, well, why would you choose this? Like, why would you choose this town for yourself? Um, one, we are growing, uh, which is super exciting, but we're not growing in a way that like there's so much traffic that if you forgot the dinner rolls, you can't get them and get them on the table mm-hmm. before dinner gets cold. So that's really nice. We don't have crazy traffic, but we have a lake, which is one of the largest recreational lakes in the Southeast, literally in our backyard. Our community has so many uh, great ways to connect, whether it is, hey, the chamber, whether it is downtown. I have loved watching our downtown just grow and thrive. Like, I cannot explain the actual joy in my heart. I remember even just being younger, and we would go to Greenville, which that's actually still relatively new and like, how it has developed. And I was like, it's so dreamy. I wonder if Anderson could ever be like this. And it is. Um, we have great food. We have people who've been in business here for a long time, incredible relationships. It's so much fun. Um, my husband, Jokes, but like we go in places and it's like Norman cheers. They're like, hey, <laughs> and like you see your people there all the time and yep. they hang out and we just walk the streets and like cute places like Indigo's Gallery and just watching her artistic ability develop there and then just seeing all the things we have downtown and then the Market Theater and how they're just growing and then Wren Park and there's just so much to see here. But we have what people tell me all the time is the friendliest community. So when people mm-hmm. tell me, um, you know, we're looking for a new pace in life, we want to connect with people. I'm like, if you want want to connect with people let me tell you about Anderson because you can literally just choose any restaurant go downtown sit at the bar sit at two top sit outside and mm-hmm. you're going to make friends instantly uh, people will invite you to their house I mean that feels weird for you if you're coming from New York but like we're stranger <laughs> danger like come on in nobody's worried about it you know uh, but it's just such a great place to be and then even like our YMCA I was telling someone about this the other day Guys, they're building a $10 million sports park. I mean, even like people who have all kinds of money in big cities, they're like, I'm sorry, they're doing what? I'm like, yes. And our district partnered with them because they care that much about the development of our community, even kids to have this state-of-the-art cross-country track positioning them to be great athletes and get scholarships in college and do all types of great Mm -hmm. things. And so it's just so awesome. The leadership that we have within Anderson County right now and our city and everything that's being done. I mean, there's, and everything's close to like, if you just really want to go to Trader Joe's, like, Hop on the interstate, you're there in a few minutes, you know? Um, And we're close to everything else. If you need an airport, we're nearby. I mean, everything is right here. And it's interesting because Greenville has gotten a little overpopulated. And I cannot tell you the number of people that I've sold homes to that work in Greenville, but live off exit 27 in that Brookstone 81 corridor area. And so we're seeing so much of that right now. But it's just a fun place to live. It's an easy place to live. We're not like super rural where you can't find anything, but we're also quiet enough that you don't just feel like you're stuck in the hustle and bustle of everything all the time so I tell people we're professionals I don't know what they think we do all the time like they come here and they think we just sit on front porches with sweet tea (laughs) and I'm like nope we have a schedule we wake up we go to the gym Uh, but we do also have the ability to be friendly and have these great environments for people to connect as well yeah oh my goodness I'm rehyped on Anderson right now you just got me so excited again now between uh, Tammy and the mayor because yeah. <laughs> yeah. he was he was just saying that part of the reason a lot of people like Anderson is like what you're saying mm-hmm. it's just like a really nice place part of the country is like the weather is good he, yes. you know list all these things yeah. that I even take for granted of like oh yeah I guess that's true like this is like you're a so prim- used to it this is yeah. a prime mm-hmm. location you know yeah. lake yeah. weather um, yeah, downtown, but yeah, we, you can, you can yeah. park still. Yes. It's not hard to get around. Yes. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I laughed. We put in the, I actually talked to Terrence recently and, um, we were talking about the parking garage. I remember they were building it. The first one I was like, <laughs> 
parking garage. (laughs) Who will go there? Like, I guess for Halloween, we could like play like a crazy game of catch or something in there. I don't know. And then now I'm like, jokes on me. I'm on the top level. Like, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I would come here. I started coming here when I uh, began dating my wife in 2012, and we wouldn't come downtown because there mm-hmm. even in 2012 there wasn't as much going on and now it's like all i do is downtown stuff that's yes. all, all we do yes yeah i i was just reminded when you i was i'm thankful that i moved here in in tw- or moved here in 2019 and when you were talking about buying a home during that season i was i was very grateful that i bought a home and and kind of got it at the beginning of the the, the chaos of the market mm-hmm. But I do want to bring up and just ask, you know, with someone that if if a young couple comes to you and they're coming in and they're like, is this going to crash? Is our interest rates ever going to go down to 1% or whatever <laughs> they, they were at? Uh, you know, kind of what's your what's your message to them that that young couple that may be moving here that isn't coming from a, a wealthier state? Mm-hmm. Kind of what's your what's your thoughts for them? Yeah, so I love to tell this story. I have this client who a couple of years ago, um, she's a single mom, very young. Not, she, I mean, like her baby's very young. And so babies take a lot more time, effort, and energy. And I remember hearing that her whole network, her whole family was in Greenville. And that's where she wanted to be ultimately. But she said, I just really can't afford Greenville's pricing. And she worked in Greenville. And I really just kept feeling like we need to find something in Pelzer or Piedmont. I was just very nervous to feeling like you're going to own a home in Anderson. And I know it's more affordable, but just this commute and every your whole support system is mm-hmm. like 30 minutes away. Well, she ends up buying a home in Anderson. And about a year and a half later, she calls me and she says, Tammy, I am just embarrassed and I'm sad, but I just have to sell this house. I can't do it. You're right. It's just really hard, blah, blah, blah. She tells me all these things. And she's like, I'm going to move back to Greenville and I'm going to have to rent. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I wish I could do this. And I was like, pause. I haven't even pulled exact numbers, but I know just what I know about your home in the area. You're going to walk away today with $17,000, at least, Mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. You tell me what else you could have done in a year and a half where you would have walked away with $17,000, like hit the lottery. Mm -hmm. So you built great wealth and maybe you would have built more wealth if you stayed there longer, but there's nothing else smarter you could have done in this period of time. You have set yourself and your daughter up really, really well, put that money in the bank, rent for a little while, and then you're gonna apply that and you're gonna buy. And I know it's more expensive there, but you're gonna figure it out. So when people are talking about the interest rates, um, you know, and they're wondering what they should do now, buy the house that you can afford. Now, what I've talked to a lot of buyers about is I know that people are like, what do you want? Let's talk about what's going to resell well in the future. And let's talk about what you need. Mm -hmm. And let's look at buying your first home as investing in your future. So we want you to feel safe. We want you to like it. You don't need to have this big bill and not like it. Uh, It's going to take up the large portion of your income. Obviously, all housing does. But let's look at it more strategically. I had a client who uh, was really going to put buying on ice, to be honest, and they were shopping around 300000 It's their first home, but they wanted land. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of land right now, not under 500000 And so I let them go for a little while because I want people to discover things on their own. And they said, we're just going to rent longer. And I said, okay, can I just mention one thing? So I start showing them what's hacking, happening, hacking, happening economically. And um, I'm like, this home basically is going to be more expensive in a year. 
But I have a question. I know this is really what you want, but to get into that market, what if we totally shifted what you were buying and bought something like $100,000 less that was smaller, that didn't have land? I know it's a little more cookie cutter, but we're looking at the numbers and I believe you can walk away with this amount of money in two years and then you're really going to get the home you want. I mean, would that make sense? I mean, I know when you come out of this rental, you're not going to get a penny, but what if you walked out of that house, even if it feels like your apartment now, but you walked out of that house in two years and had fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, would that be a bigger win and they were like well we've never thought about it like that yeah it would they're under contract they're closing in a week uh so for me when young people come i'm like yeah the interest rates are that but also can we find a home that that interest rates in your budget and what josh will tell you is refinance at some point point. and i also tell people this the rates will come down at some point but also sometimes they come down for a week sometimes it's for two months what are the what's the likelihood that you are not locked in a lease that you can find the home that you want that you compete and get it while the rates are down uh, statistically, I'm actually not very good with prop and stats, but I know statistically it's not real great. So <laughs> find the home you want now that you can afford with today's interest rate and just know you're going to get a discount and even build equity faster in the future when you can refinance. So it's just helping people understand what are you really trying to do with your home? Are you trying to find the perfect home? Are you trying to find the best investment for your future? And where are you in life? Like what's your story right now? Yeah. And, and I, I have a similar convo. Uh, with with clients, especially the young ones, because they they do want to go straight into having the, the dream home. But you know, get out of the rental, get you you know an asset going, and it's a stepping stone, right? That's right. Uh, especially if you love the house you're looking at, don't worry about the rate because if you're comfy with the payment, get the house you love, and then just you know get to get to the next level, get you the house you want yep. down the road. But um, but yeah, a lot of them they come out and they they just don't know where to go, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like that's that's huge for a strong agent. To, to be on their side and actually guide them because there's probably a ton of questions they've never even thought about asking yeah. on the uh, the real estate side. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's that's awesome. Um, we love to uh, to kind of see everybody's different perspective on uh, what has came to Anderson or what's coming to Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you seen kind of unfold in Anderson that you you're excited to see here now? Um, and and if, and if there's any future things that you you know are coming, uh, mm-hmm. projects, things like that. What is getting you excited about the future of Anderson? Yeah, well, even something like up on the roof coming, um, and I've heard, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, because I'm like, I heard this thing was coming. Am I supposed to say that's coming? I don't know. I mean, yes. I don't know. At this yeah, point, it's gossip it. like everything yeah. else, yeah. but that's like yeah. um, potentially, but also I don't want to like false advice. But anyway, I heard Rick Irwin's was coming downtown Anderson as well. Ooh, okay. But the okay. thing that excites me is, yes, I love Rick Irwin's, but that's not really, I mean, cool sake, awesome. But what's awesome about this is I remember several years ago, I'm like a nobody, right? And we're downtown Greenville eating dinner. And I'm like, hey, we would like for you to come to Anderson. Will you ever come here? And and they're like, listen, nobody spends any money in Anderson. You guys don't have the demographic to support it. Um, We like it. It's a cute little town, but now we ain't coming. Mm -hmm. And so to see now um, that people are spending money here, and that was a big thing because when they would do the demographic studies, people in Anderson had the money, but they were going to Greenville to spend it. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, Hey, we don't know if you're going to spend it here. I'm like, duh, if you brought it here, we would spend it here, but we don't have this option here. Uh, so to see all of a sudden these, these people who have these businesses that have had great success in these larger cities, all of a sudden say, wait, we see the growth in Anderson. We see the people in Anderson. We want to help, you know, contribute to that community. We know that we'll be successful here. And it's funny when up on the roof opened and we were up there their first week, we were talking to the manager, um, and he was telling my husband and I, he's like, you know, everyone said it was going to work, but honestly, 
we just really questioned it. But Anderson has shown up big, and we are having so much fun, and we're so excited. And we've continued just to see that grow and develop. I know there are lots of um, places that are supposed to be coming, I've heard rumor of. You know, they're always doing demographic studies, and then there's land and costs and all that. Mm -hmm. I will say we're getting some more control um, of some other costs. That's going to make that possible soon. Um, and also seeing 81 develop, which has been a lot of fun, because we have so many homes on the 81 corridor, and then a lot of people have held on to that land for a while. So to see some of that start to free up now and start to have more things there I would love to see and I it's on the horizon fewer chains um, and more like farm to table restaurants and boutiques and things like that but there is also a place uh, for chains like I don't know if you know this but where like tropical cafe is and that whole section so these are basically I mean this may have been discussed when you had your uh, commercial conversation uh, but these are like what we call mailbox landlords where someone builds it and they put in these tenants that have national brands for like 10 years and so then they sell it to somebody who lives I don't know in Hawaii New York wherever and they just get a check every month from these people. And so there's obviously a lot of success, too, when you have people signing 10-year contracts and they're holding on to these properties and they're going to keep their business here. So that brings a lot of security. So it's actually good for us to have even these chains, so to speak, in our marketplace mm -hmm. and to see more of them. And I always tell people it's the Starbucks-Chick-fil-A rule. Like when you start to see more Targets and Starbucks and Chick-fil-A, we just know these people are paying a lot of money for demographic studies. And so we just know their strength and their support here. So it's fun to watch now these people who have these boutique dreams starting to come here more. Um, um, and I've just, like I said, I've heard a lot of us to say anything, uh, but there are some exciting things coming and more to downtown and just a lot of people that really are excited about growth. And it's not just two or three people anymore. Yeah. It's a lot of people that are excited about it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too, because when we talk to John Wright about the difference between in the past, talking to investors about coming in and they said, no, Anderson's just not, it's not where it needs to be yet. Mm -hmm. And now they are, but it's crazy to think about the history of Anderson. These old restaurants and mom and pop places have been around forever because mm -hmm. Anderson's supporting their locals. Yes. And like, that's the argument, you know, and I guess a lot of people are starting to see that now that, oh yeah, we can bring this in. Yeah. Anderson will take care of us, you know. That's true. That's a good point. Um, not to, to still Jonathan's amazing question I heard a while back, but, so I, but I liked it. Um, <laughs> what is your ideal date night yeah. in Anderson it was um, such a great question no, I, that is a good I, question I, yeah, yeah. No. I love to know it also gives me ideas <laughs> for my date nights yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fine so well, and we got to let Scott kind of uh rebound here because oh. poor guy's been thrown under the bus a few times this this podcast but. yeah yeah no that is fair he's better than a brick I will say that now <laughs> so he has redeemed himself and this is actually his date night so we love now fickle palate um Ooh, okay. we actually <laughs> Confession, I love to cook. And my husband says I'm very good. I cook like one night a week. We go out six. So we spend a lot of time downtown and other restaurants. We go to Dulce Vita as well. Uh, but our favorite thing Thursday night is actually our date night. And we go to Fickle Palette and we sit at the bar. Because one, also Shane and Josh are just awesome. We just like to talk to them. And we love to talk to all the people around. The food's really good. Mm. It's a small menu. They change it up a lot. They're doing a lot of fun stuff there. So we're foodies anyway, and we just like the food changes. But we just love the environment, you know, hanging out with people. It's super mm. chill, trying new things. Um, and then our ideal date night, this is not what you really asked me, but I've, like, forced my husband to this horrible thing of where he has to come with, like, questions. You know, he loves that. Uh, so we always get to do some fun questions, and, you know, it's my way of making him talk to me about things other than sports. Um, that's also why we do Fickle Palette, because he's obsessed with sports, and there are no sports on anywhere. 
brutal. Wait, wait, when you say questions, he has to come with questions to ask you or yeah. to It's like a podcast. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. points for Scott. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he's putting some thought into yes. these, these dates. Yes, okay. wow. yes. He's okay. doing the Lord's work, listen. It ain't easy being married to me. I tell him all the time. Like everyone's like, How long have you been married? I'm like, he's made it fourteen years. Yeah. <laughs> Godspeed. Uh, well, we um we do have a kind of a signature question that we like to always ask. And and it's a pretty big important one, um, that I feel like is different for each each person we have on here. But what makes Anderson home for you? And what is your why? Mm. for for why you call Anderson home I legitimately I say this all the time I would not want to live anywhere else anywhere like you could give me a million dollars in fact you could give me a million dollars and say you have to live anywhere else and I wouldn't take the million dollars I love our people here mm-hmm. and I'm a people person anyway uh, but just the relationships I've made over the years um, we do have incredible weather here there is so much growth um, but honestly people care about people and I know that you mm-hmm. see this other places but whenever there's a need people just rally even it's funny even from a, a business perspective you we, we saw you know all these businesses be on the brink of shutting down during COVID and they said hey we're going to do curbside and it was like you would come downtown every night and they are just hustling to get the food out because people are buying curbside Mm -hmm. every single night to support if there's someone who's sick in our community you know the fact that we have this YMCA sports park that's 10 million dollars 8.3 8.3 million dollars are from individuals and local businesses wow. that's insane that's and what's awesome. crazy is they hired these people to come here to talk about how to raise money for the sports park and they said oh we've studied communities like yours you, you probably won't get two million from the people here locally and currently and still growing they're at 8.3 million of the 10. Uh, so just to see how our community bands together how we care about each other the close relationships and i do think i'm not being funny when i say it like that's why i think downtown is what downtown is yeah we've got good food we We've got music and all kinds of fun mm-hmm. things, but it's the people here. Um, and then it is really cool that we have a lake in our backyard and we have fun things to do and we're close to everything. And I even just think our geography, I mean, this trail system we have and literally the, the people who design our city, the way they have planned our streets and our um, where we live and our homes and then even economic development. I know when Anderson couldn't, we were like, I don't know if it'll ever be a thing. They're offering all this money to business owners just to bring their business down here and incentivize them. So just knowing the way that our leaders have, you know, decided to make decisions to help growth and facilitate growth. And then even we have organizations like Rebuild Anderson helping people stay in their homes. And that's an organization that was just created realizing even if, you know, you had state support, the best place for you to remain is in your own home. So it's a step above Habitat, but they're actually helping people stay in their homes and addressing all the things inside that normally would prevent them from being able to live in their homes anymore and like organizations showing up every single way, week with Meals on Wheels and mm-hmm. all these people who just want to support and be part of these things and I know that it surely happens like this other places in the nation but I will also say that as we've had feeder states coming here they're actually saying no this is really special it's really mm-hmm. not this great mm-hmm. other places so uh, for me I love Anderson um, they will take me away kicking and screaming so <laughs> yeah it, it, it really is incredibly nice. I've had friends to come visit and they're just like, everybody's so nice. Yeah. You know, I just, it's not, it's not a norm for, for us. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we so appreciate you being on today and, and we are so grateful for your excitement for Anderson and your, your love for this community. So thank you so Absolutely. much, Tammy. Thank you yeah, guys. Thank you, Tammy. Great to be with you. Thank you for listening. 
And check us out on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Facebook at Electric City Buzz Podcast and on Instagram at Electric City Buzz Pod.